He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Matt down, oh, Matt down, oh, Matt down. That's right, it is Matt Jones. Matt Jones, winner of the Honda Classic this week. That will be a big theme of the show today. For those of you anywhere near myself, Taylor, and Sam's generation, uh, you will get the joke there. And if not, you'll figure it out. Thanks, everybody, for joining us once again for the 73rd Hole, official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org where you can read up on the college tournament that took place in Tucson, Arizona over the weekend. We will get to that after the break. May I just say, go Pokes. They had themselves a good weekend. Gentlemen, the Honda Classic. What a classic it was. Paul Azinger was thrilled to be on the grounds at PGA National to watch, I mean, just what was a loaded field go at it on a Sunday. And Matt Jones ends up taking it down. So uh, despite the fact that it was a boring tournament, you've got to be happy for a guy like Matt Jones who gets his first win in seven years. That's huge for him. Yeah, yeah, Matt Jones. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, that that that's such a classic song. I remember in middle school, we would just be bumping that and think we were so cool going down the street. But I, I don't even know what song you're talking about. Matt Jones. I think this has to get an award for one of the best remixes of all time. It's a pretty it's a, good remix. It's a, it's up there. And so you know, boys, even though this wasn't a wire to wire win, Matt Jones goes out the first round, shoots a sixty one. On him, 61. And we were texting back and forth, and we were looking at the analytics. Our man, Matt Jones, who, who um, friend of the show, Taylor Gooch, mentioned in our interview, who he played with and has been an influence for him as well. Matt Jones gained 10.49 strokes in the first round. Strokes gained. I've never seen double digits before. Uh, that's my, I'll start off the show with my trivia question. Oh, trivia. Hit me. Here we go. So it's the fifth best round ever analytically on tour. Ooh, oh, baby. Fifth best ever. What's, I love it. What's the first? Oh Any my clue? gosh! First um, round was it Charlie Hoffman that one year at Augusta? It was not Charlie Hoffman. How about Tiger at Pebble in two thousand? No, it was actually JB Holmes at Doral in oh, twenty fifteen. What in the world? Plus oh. eleven point four shots on the field. I hate that so much. How? I hate that so much. <laughs> would it have taken us three hundred and how many guesses to get that? It I would mean, have taken us longer to guess that than it takes JB Holmes <laughs> to hit a golf shot. You know who doesn't? I don't know if that's possible. You know, no, you're right. You know who doesn't play slow though. Matt Jones could hit three golf shots in the amount of time it took us to play that sounder. I mean, the dude plays lightning fast. He shot 12 under, so, I mean, obviously he played faster than everybody because he made less swings, but he also played faster than everybody because he's like, yeah, there's my ball, what's my number? All right, give me the club, and he hits. It's awesome. It's, oh, it's, it's refreshing to watch. A huge W for people that play fast. Yeah, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and hopefully, you know, we'll see, like, for example, you mentioned J.B. Holmes and some of those other guys who, who were up there, but, you know, guys have to keep scrolling down to find them because J.B. Holmes must have went to complete help because I don't Little see 79 in the final round. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and yeah. see, that, that's what slow play will get you, and so I remember this kind of off topic, but it, um, it was in the British uh, uh, or the Open Championship last time they played it. Someone was making fun of J.B. Holmes because he plumb balled from like 300 feet off the green because he was putting. <laughs> he, <did. laughs> he did. He was doing one of those long like 
400 feet putts, and he plumb bobbed it. Uh, by the way, I just want to go back to Matt Jones' first round because it was it was so good. He gained about 2.6 strokes putting on the day. He gained about 1.4 strokes around the green, about 5.5 strokes approach the green, and about one stroke off the tee, so almost eight strokes tee to green for a total of about 10.5 strokes gained on the field in round one. Uh, next best in the field in round one in total strokes gained was Russell Henley, and he was down at 7.5 strokes. So Matt Jones gained three more strokes on the field than Russell Henley did in round one. Uh, behind Matt Jones, guys, Brandon Hagee, Taylor, a guy you played with, I caddy for you when you played with him, hits it an absolute mile, uh, gets himself a nice little 66 on Sunday to backdoor a solo second to the tune of about $760,000, which for a guy like Brandon Hagee goes a long way toward just continuing as to play the, golf. As the second to last alternate. Uh, he was actually, at the beginning of the week, he was the sixth alternate. Right, yeah, yeah. second to last. Okay, Rian, yeah, yeah. Rian yeah, yeah. was the last who got in for Burger. I All think. the alternates got in? I don't know. Well, there, there's a huge list of alternates. I mean, yeah. there's, yeah, there's a hundred of them or yeah. whatever. And so you you go down, and like I said, our boy, friend of the show, Rian, was able to get in. And Brian Hagee was the one right before that. And, you know, like you mentioned, Colby, I played with him in the only time. I mean, we all know his game just by looking at the numbers. One of the longest drivers on tour, maybe even the longest, you know, pound for pound, as people like to say, because he's not the biggest guy. He's not a 6'4 DJ. He's maybe 6' foot at the most. But, you know, in the generation we live in, boys, if you're able to hit the ball that far and you can just get the rest of your game, you know, kind of even out average on tour, you're, you're, you're going to be right there on and contending, making a lot of cuts and making a lot of money. And, you know, it's really good. And obviously, man, I'm just very for, for, for a few days, but he was really very, very nice guy. So seemed like a great, great, outstanding human being. So really great for him to get that solo second. Hopefully that gets him some, some status and is able to propel him into the winner's circle. But unfortunately, we'll probably start seeing because he'll start playing good. We'll hear more distance dial it back because this kid hits it too far. That's yeah, probably what we'll start. By the way, I Googled it because I was curious as to how tall he is. And it's kind of disgusting that he hits it so far. He's listed at 5'11", 170. And I don't know how you can be 5'11", 170 and make a golf ball do what he makes it It's like do. Rory. Rory's like 5'8". Yeah, Rory. Yeah. yeah. There's very few golfers that are less than six feet tall who can generate that much club head speed. Most yeah. like like we mentioned, even the Finals and the DJs and even like even Tigers, he's six one. I mean he doesn't look super big, but he's he's above six foot, so it makes a difference. But but yeah, you have those very few rare occasions. But yeah, just I mean, my, minus four and then we see some of the others um, some yeah. of the other scores, you know, I mean, Sunday it, w- it was playing pretty tough out there, and so so for him to be able to shoot that minus four to get in there solo second, and we kind of saw a little bit too. Some of the other guys weren't the uh, the bear trap was getting to him a little bit, so they weren't going out there and making birdies and giving even Matt Jones a run for his money. It was kind of a uh, kind of a stall fest there on the back nine for a little uh, bit. Yeah, PGA National did play tough this week. However, the bear trap actually two of the holes played under par. We were talking about long drivers, and obviously J.B. Holmes hits it far, uh, just like Brendan Hagee and everything. But the story of the day yesterday was everyone on the greens. I mean, we had Aaron Wise with a four-putt. We had Streb with the three-putt from, like, three feet. Uh, for a- Aaron triples. Wise's four-putt was, oh my it gosh. was excruciating, man. man. That, that was, mean, not not it, that there's a good four-putt, but, I mean, he had was, the little comebacker for bogey that he missed, and it's like, oh, that's a bad double. And then he yipped the two-footer, and it's like, oh, uh, that's a bad uh, triple. Who, who, who had a worse four-putt, Aaron Wise or Nate Lashley at the Pebble? Oh, I got I got to go with Lashley just because it was a little later and maybe needs a little bit more because Aaron Wise is a younger guy. Yeah, but when you at, but when you look at the actual putt putting, I don't know. I mean, that was neither one of them were pretty. 
you know, no. we can put it that way. But, you know, I just talk about the, for the feels of it. You know, It's I mean, easier to four putt on Poana than it is on Bermuda, though. The ugliest putt it, yesterday actually went in the hole. Lucas Glover. Oh, <laughs> oh the, sho- the shove. The shove. Did, what, did, what was he doing? Do y'all hey, think he shoved that? Hey, I used to have – it's it's the t- – you can't take it back. And I used to yips. have those yips. I used to have oh, those. Did you really? Yeah, How it, long did it take you to get over it? Until I switched to the claw. Really? Yeah. Man. So you were just doing the, like, take it back an inch and well, just – kind of. And then for a while I couldn't take it back, so I'd, like, tap it back and then go forward. Mm-hmm. Dude, oh, it's like, dude, it's like you're mentally insane. Was it only like, short putts or was it all your Yeah, putts? inside two feet only. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy how that works, right? Because yeah. it's like you hit any other putt, it doesn't work. And it reminded me of a, a putting drill that I do that really helps is you get on a short putt and you don't take the putter back. You just shove it at the hole. Old, uh, yeah. old Biv Andy Dillard tip that he gave <laughs> me. And so you just sit there on short putts and you just you don't take it back. And obviously it's practice because you do it and the putter or the ball literally stays on the putter face for like two seconds, you yeah. know, and then it you can guide it into the hole and that's what it looked like Lucas Glover did. I mean, I tried to zoom in and phrase it because I wanted to see, literally, is he double-hitting this ball? And you know, I don't inter- think he did. I don't no, think he, he did. And what's interesting, I need to look further into it because I don't know if it's different on the green. But, I mean, they changed the rule with the wedge. You know, if you can double-hit a wedge and it only counts as one. So, I mean, are, right. we, are you – I mean, I'm sure you're not allowed to shove the putt in the hole. Rake it in the you, hole. Yeah. I mean, that'd be, <laughs> there's no way that'd be legal. You just have two feet, just boom, just right in. That'd, <laughs> make, that'd make the game a lot okay. easier. So somebody on Twitter was like making fun of him and all this stuff. I'm like, let's not remember that Lucas Glover is responsible for one of the biggest shanked putts we've ever seen in our life. Also, he was like oh, 10 under Lord. on the day that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was for a 60. <laughs> yeah. He had like a, a, an 18-inch putt for a 60 last 18 year. 18-inch might be long. And he hit it. So you know on the little circle T Scotty Cameron putters. Y'all, anybody who's listening can Google Lucas Glover miss short putt, but he hit it off the circle T on the putter and the blade was so open it missed the hole like five inches to the right <laughs> from 18 inches away. It was absolutely brilliant. But fellas, I want to talk about the epidemic that is the watering down of the Honda Classic because this did used to be a good event and I've got the strength of field here every year since 2014. So we're going to start in 2014 to 2021. Here's the strength the field 494 466 446 387 375 298 261 179 it's gone down every year since 2014 not one year has it gone up and it's i mean it's dropped more than 300 spots 315 spots in strength the field from where it was in 2014 now this year it kind of got screwed on the schedule being between the players and the match play but I don't know. It's just, it's not drawing names even before this year. I, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, you know, maybe back when Mark Wilson wanted it, it was a really good tournament. But now it's just kind of uh, a letdown week leading up to the Masters. In my in my opinion, it's just a scheduling thing. Like, you have two better yeah. tournaments already in Florida right before it. You have Bay Hill and the players, right? And then, obviously, this year we had the concessions in Florida as well, which yeah. is a better tournament, obviously, WGC. And then... Uh, obviously we're going into the match play next week and then we got the Masters coming up. No one wants to go play at the Honda where it's tough and windy and it's just not as good of a field. How much of it is the elite players don't want to go play in the wind? I mean, it blows there every year. I I don't know if it's necessarily the wind. I think it is. I think it does have something to do with the toughness of the course or, and even not even necessarily the toughness of it, but people look at courses based off of, you know, obviously how good they are and fair, right? Because obviously there's tough golf courses that we all love, but we think that they're fair. And there's courses that we don't think that are that tough and we don't like them. And so, you know, just going back to your point, Sam, on the bear trap, just to reiterate to your point, you know, looking on the holes, 15 played as the 13th easiest hole of the week, 16 played as the eighth easiest hole of the week. 
um, or eighth hardest at best. I'm surprised and 18 then, didn't play easier than that well, because I guess on Saturday it played really tough because it was into the wind. Thursday, guys were like seven iron into the green. On a bunch what, of Eagles Thursday and Friday. On oh, on 18? No, on 18. I, I'm sorry. I meant to say 16. 16, 16 plus, played okay. as 16, and, yeah. and then 17 played as the 12. 18 actually played as the seven is the second easiest hole. Okay, that makes uh, sense. The, the easiest hole <laughs> yeah. was the easiest hole was the uh, the third hole, which yeah. is a and short then third, third hole. And they also that. made 17 easier on Sunday. They I mean, did, they put the yeah. front pin. I mean, I think they were trying to entice some guys to get too cute, but I mean, they're, right. they're trying to rinsing it. Yeah, but like the, all those guys with wedges in their hands, I mean, they're elite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, right? Yeah, and I, I think just go back to strength of field. I mean, like we've gone over some of these past winners. Like in 2012, Rory won it, and Tiger finished second. That was good. And then uh, going back 2010, um, guy who lost his medical exemption, um, Camila Vajegas won in 2010. Uh, Anthony Kim finished second in 2010. So we know how big of a name he was back then. And look at some of the um, past winners. Justin Leonard in 2003, he was a great player, has a tournament record at 24 under. And you know, like you said, Colby, I'm not really sure where it where it happened that because 2014 wasn't necessarily a, a year of, of scheduling differences. That's not the year that the Players' Championship moved or anything like that. I just think that kind of going back to the point that we made last week on our show and you made earlier is that it just getting tangled up in this, this series of preparation for the Masters. And I think that that is kind of getting intertwined with everything else. we got the match play next week. We've had – I mean, we got two WGCs within the same month, and it's scheduled in between both of them. It just makes it makes it a little more difficult, especially when you got Arnie's tournament in there. And it's it, – I think the problem is it's just jam-packed with a lot of other big tournaments, and it's not really a good prep for what's coming forward. It's not really a, a comparison to Augusta, in my opinion. No, you're right. And, and part of the thing is we were due for a letdown at some point. The last seven tour winners before the Honda this week were Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, Max Homa, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, and Justin Thomas. Like, yeah. at some point, we were due for a letdown, uh, and, you know, not for Matt Jones and Brian hey. Hagee, but for everybody else, it was a little bit of a letdown this week at the Honda. The, the entertainment factor just wasn't what it had been and through nobody's fault. It's just when you go from a strength of field of, what, eight? 40 to 170, it's just, it's going to feel different on a Sunday. There was clearly not as much entertainment, but it still was. I love that. I can't get enough of. And, you know, you know, boys. <laughs> who, by the way, this is not, it's not like a flash in the pan. He's been playing good golf. He was in that group with Max Homa at Riviera. He's had, yeah, he's had another couple of good finishes yep. this year. So it's not like he just, it's not like when Satoshi Kodaira won a few years ago right. or something where it's like, who's this guy? We're never going to hear from yeah. him again. No, no, no. Matt Jones has been playing good golf and he he's a deserving champion. What do I always say? Boring golf is winning golf. And that's that's mm-hmm. what he was basically playing on Sunday was just fairways and greens and two putting. And, and I mean, the two under final round, it might not have been flashy, but he was hitting so many solid irons shots just to the middle of the green I remember like Azinger said on 15 when he hit the shot off the tee I mean he's like he probably hit that within a flagstick width of where he was aimed you know what I mean and but uh and then I was going to bring up you mentioned TG TG now he didn't have boring <laughs> golf this week he actually broke his putter what was it on Saturday Saturday he broke his putter and had to putt with a wedge you, should we pull up the strokes gain for round three for <laughs> give us the numbers Colby. Sure, I mean we, we love our boy TG so we got to uh, we got to pick on him a little bit for Saturday's round minus 3.44 strokes putting it's on not, Saturday it's not his fault he was putting with a wedge he was putting with a wedge which you could argue was or was not his fault but yeah, how, do we, how do we get to the point of putting with the wedge is the and question. then yesterday he breaks out Mal Baker's putter, the old Malapeno putter, and uh, he gains .06 strokes putting. So Shout out to Mal. Yeah, shout, shout out, out for the show, Mal. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, what would you do without Mal Baker? I don't know. 
he, he wouldn't have had a putter. He would have kept putting with his wedge, and he would have lost 3.84 strokes. Either Saturday night, he would have had to go into Golf Galaxy or Dick's and got himself a new putter. <laughs> Could you imagine just walking in, buying a used one, like for like 30 bucks or something, oh just going gosh. out? Just I think uh, Terrell Hatton did that. Jim what, Furyk did it one Jim time. Jim Furyk yeah. did it too, yeah. There have been with multiple the yes putter. Yeah. That. And of course, we know Patrick Reed goes clothes shopping at Dick's because he doesn't have any sponsors. <laughs> so, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, I was I was going to ask y'all a trivia question about Matt Jones' first round. So Matt Jones' first round, 10.49 strokes gained. What is the second best round on tour this year? Top of your head. Uh, Hard question. Ooh, um, second best. I'll give you a hint. It was in California. I should know this. I'm thinking, I know someone lit it up somewhere. It was in California. It's going to drive me nuts when I don't know it. It was Uh, on a Friday, so it's hard. It wasn't a final round, so it's hard sometimes to remember. As soon as you say it, I'm going to know it. Um, While while you're waiting to guess, Sam, because I really have. Bad weather, sleep. Oh, God. And so it's at, uh, it was at Tory, wasn't it? It was at Tory on Friday. Was it? Bad weather. Was it TG? It was not TG. You're, You're getting warmer. Was it Homa? It was not Homa. Pistols firing. Go, Pokes. It was Victor Hovland. Oh, oh Victor that's Hovland. right. Yep, yep, you you're right. His second round at Tory. What was his? Do you nine, 9.76. Wow. That's right. I'm, yep, second because he, he shot, what, five under or six under or something like that? Yeah, on a day when everybody was just getting beat to hell. Imagine also, he was on the south course. He shot it on the south course in that weather. Imagine gaining ten and a half shots, not from the guy that's in last, but like the field average. Right. Ten, ten and a half? No, I can't even imagine that. That's more than a stroke every other. That's that's a stroke like every hole and a half <laughs> that you're gaining. I couldn't I couldn't even dream that far. Like, if I was under anesthesia for surgery, so I'm in such a deep sleep that I can't even function, I still could not go deep enough in my dreams to imagine gaining 10 strokes on the field. <laughs> no, and, and, you know, to, to your point, Colby, earlier when you mentioned about, you know, we were due for a letdown with the strength of field, and, you know, in all honesty, if Matt Jones was down there at 8, 9, 7 under, it would have been a lot better tournament. Yeah, you're it, right. It would have yeah. been more entertaining. Yeah, right. I think it was just the fact that, like, like you said, Sam, he's going out there and hitting iron shots within a flagstick of where he's aiming. And when you got people who aren't able to go out there and chase him and he just can control his ball like he is, it's just tough to beat him. And that's what made it boring. But like you said, boring golf is winning golf. Yeah, so. and even though he lost the lead uh, on Saturday and uh, and Aaron Wise ha- actually had a six-shot lead at one point, uh, Matt, if you look at the stats, Matt Jones won the tournament in the first round because he only won by five and he gained – 4.11 strokes on the field, but he gained 10 and a half on the first day. Yeah. So that at least gave him a cushion. And especially on Sunday, once guys started falling back a little bit to where it gave him the freedom to play conservative. You know what I mean? It, so, it gave who the freedom? Matt down. Matt down. Matt down. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Man, what, by we, the way, it, he's a show favorite now just because we're able to do that. With oh, yeah. We're, anytime he f- even makes the cut, I think, or makes a birdie, like I think he, we'll play. If he's in contention, I would be rooting for him. I'd be like, come on, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Hey, but Matt Jones, I will say on number eight yesterday, he laid up with an iron oh into the gosh. woods. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hat. Woods. <laughs> no, he lay, but then he had a hell of a shot out of the trees. Oh I mean, from up against the tree. Yeah. And like you said, he took all of about six seconds. To yeah, he didn't even it. take. He didn't. You have JB Holmes over there moving pine needles like oh it's pickup sticks. And, and, pick and then JB Holmes is, I mean, it, he's an epidemic. It's, oh, it's bad. The second hole, he hits it in a bush. Some, and he, first off, he got lucky that it went in the bush. Yeah. Because 
about two yards right of the bush, was out of bounds. And he and his caddy stand there for 15 minutes talking to an official, deciding where they want to drop, looking all over the place. Not only that, they stood there and they cleared off well, the whole area first of they had to, needles. First they had to figure out whether he could get two club links and yes. get out. And then they decided to go stroke and, di- or stroke and distance between him and un- the hole. It was unplayable. Yeah, and then he moved, had to move all the pine straw, like I said, like pick up six. And then, and then he ended up just kind of punching out in front of the green. But, it took but forever. On the flip side, on the flip side, when Matt Jones hit it in the trees on number eight, he, I mean, he is like inches away from that tree on his backswing, and he's just like, I'm going to just take it a little more upright and just hit this thing yeah. up there. He's like, hey, hand me the eight iron. Yeah. And he just grabs it and goes. <laughs> and... And honestly, it was so great because I had uh, two TVs set up because I had the golf on the right TV, I had the basketball on the left TV, and I'm watching Matt Jones, and I looked back over at the basketball because I'm like, it's going to take him a minute to hit, and I looked back over, and he's like making contact, so then I had to watch the replay to see how close he got to the tree because I wasn't expecting him to hit that fast, so I looked over to the basketball. Yeah. It's it's refreshing. And, and, it's fun to watch. And it's not just, uh, like you said, it's an epidemic. It's not just uh, J.B. Holmes. I mean... You had Sam Ryder out there doing this practice swing on his left foot and then his right foot literally before every single shot. If J.B. Holmes and Sam Ryder came out to play in the group at Oak Tree, I mean, they'd be kicked out of the group within 30 minutes. You had a great tweet. And and they still would be on number one. Yeah, and by the way, if you're not following the 73rd hole on Twitter, you should be because we light it up on Sundays. And Sam had a great tweet yesterday. He said watching Sam Ryder and J.B. Holmes on Sunday is like watching two snails race through peanut butter. (laughs) Which is just, that's so good. That's a very good comparison. I mean, it seriously is. And I mean, you know, it's an interesting point, Colby, because like you said, you had two TVs on. Obviously, the big news going on right now is the NCAA basketball tournament. And we watch it. it, It's over now. Oh, she she lost last night. OU's about to lose the day. Yeah, OU noticed you were both going to be out, so I guess we all still root for Oral Roberts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. ORU, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout Best out team Eagles, in the man. state. Shout out Eagles, man. No, no doubt. Sweet 16, big. Congratulations. To be honest, sure. no one was watching the golf this weekend anyways. I mean, anybody who was was doing they had like the two I was. T- they had the two television systems. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I had the volume on the basket. And we yeah, are degenerates, sure. so. Yes, 100%. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, everybody, do yourselves a favor right now. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org where you can read up on the college tournament that took place in Tucson. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to break down the college tournament that took place in Tucson. We've still got a lot that we're going to get to on today's show, so you're not going to go want to go anywhere. Also, we've got some great interviews on our page. If you haven't listened to the interview that came out last week with Scott Verplank, you've got to. You absolutely have to. Scott Verplank is the man. Some big news on that front as well, so we'll get into that a little bit on the other side of the break as well. Uh, and, you know, it's just good week of golf. Good week of golf and a good week for Matt. 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 More coming up next on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. 
Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Rolling along here on a Monday. Colby Bell, Tammy Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. A lot of ways to find us. Find us on Twitter, 73rd Hole, at the 73rd Hole. You can search 73rd Hole, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to the 73rdhole.com. Check us out there as well. And most importantly, go to golfoklahoma.com. It's a one-stop shop for everything in the game of golf in the state of Oklahoma, including our podcast. You can listen to it right there on the front page, golfoklahoma.org proud to be partners with Golf Oklahoma. Gentlemen, we had a good college golf tournament this weekend down in Tucson, Arizona. We were all locked in yesterday watching the leaderboard updates since, of course, we cannot watch that tournament. But Oklahoma State ends up closing it out. They take down both Oklahoma and then Texas was a distant third behind Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Garrett Reband, though, for the Sooners, wins individually. Uh, and Oklahoma State had Eugenio Chikara finish T2 as an individual. But a nice final round of 270 for Oklahoma State compared to OU's 271. Oklahoma State ends up winning by four shots and it's a big win for the Cowboys first win since October when they won the Merido Invitational down in Texas so it was a really good college golf tournament OU and OSU both led at times on Sunday and OSU ends up closing this one out so big win for the Pokes and a very solid week for OU as well yeah great week uh, for the Pokes that's huge beating the number one team in the country number one number two whatever you want to call OU uh, number one. OU's yeah. been number one the majority of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but it was a really interesting final round as far as the team side of it goes because Austin Eckrode actually had a bad final round, shot a 75, but OSU, his other four guys, uh, backed him up and, and were able to count. Uh, even though his score was dropped, I mean, uh, gaining. Uh, so what, what was, was their it? lowest score? What was their, their lowest score? score was uh, seventy. Chikara. Well, I'm sorry, lowest. I meant worst that they had actually oh, okay, ended okay. up taking, which was Bo Jin, who finished T12 as an individual. Right. He shot seventy. So the worst score Oklahoma State had to take on Sunday was seventy. Right. Pretty good. And then, so obviously that was interesting because OU with like four holes left actually took the lead. And then the very next hole, I think it was like 15 or 16, uh, OSU had a big hole uh, poured as in a some team, birdies. poured in some birdies yeah. and then got about a four shot lead going into 18 and they uh, kept that lead. Um, and then obviously Garrett Reband, as far as the PGA Tour U goes, that was huge for Garrett Reband. Uh, coming in the obviously the rankings will come out Wednesday, but uh, you had guys like Austin Eckro, Patrick Welch, uh, uh, Quake Cummins, a bunch of guys. How that about are Jonathan high. Brightwell with a T four? That's Jonathan, a big week for Brightwell. Jonathan Brightwell, that's a big week just to make the team for OU coming down the stretch. I mean, he hadn't he's played like maybe half the tournaments this uh, this spring. Um, so that's going to be big for him. But Garrett Reban, uh, we'll see when the rankings come out on Wednesday, but that might have vaulted him up into the top five. Uh, I don't think Eckrode will drop out of the top five, even though he had a T-17 so, finish. So last week, Eckrode was three, Reban was six, yeah. uh, and then Quaid was nine. Right. So Quaid, I would imagine, will stay about where he was yeah. with his T-14 14, That's a solid tournament. Yeah, probably but, not going to move him up or down. And, and, so. a good, and, and a good thing as far as those rankings go, he actually beat Austin Eckrode, which will help right. him in the rankings. Um but as far as Reban with a 
first in that tournament with a pretty solid field, I mean, that's going to maybe – I would assume that would bump him up into the top five. Strength of field, pretty close to the Honda, I think. <laughs> Probably <laughs> better. Probably so. Uh, by the way, OU will be heading to Naples, Florida on April 4th. Doesn't say here. I'm not sure where Oklahoma State's next tournament is at, but there will be a lot more good college golf that's played before we get into regionals. And I mean, they'll be here before you know it, but OU and OSU both playing really solid golf. Yeah, I mean, you look at the leaderboard, guys. I mean, and one thing to mention, too, is that I remember I, we asked this to Quaid when we had him on uh, on our interviews, you know, how how do you start preparing for nationals and when do you start doing it? And obviously, nationals at Greyhawk this year, this tournament was out in, in Tucson. It was Arizona, Arizona hosted the tournament. Arizona yeah. finished T5th with Illinois, who's one of the other better college teams in the nation. But look, you just look at it, guys. Oklahoma State, 47 under. OU, um, 43 under. Um, next best, you got th- you got four teams, 31 under, 29 under, 28 under, 28 under. And these are all really high-level programs. Texas, Arizona, yeah. who hosted the tournament. Illinois, San Diego State is another good program in there as well. I believe Xander Schauffele went there, um, so they got a good program. So you kind of see that it was it was a two horse race, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that everyone was struggling. It was that they just went out and beat everyone, and so yeah. I think that's good signs for the two state schools that they were able to go out to the, the to the same state where nationals will be at. Not sure how the course will relate in comparison, but obviously uh, I mean, same it's state. Obviously, same way easier. These scores, there's no way that these scores are going to be anywhere comparable to Greyhawk, especially in the Raptor course, but. Um, I, would assume, I don't know much about this course they played this week in Tucson, but you know, I mean, most Arizona golf, a lot of Arizona golf anyway, is desert style golf. So hopefully, there's some parallels, similar grasses, similar greens, yeah. stuff like that. I know when I played at TU, we played in Arizona's tournament, but it was a different course. This one, that one was definitely tougher. This one, uh, clearly with the scores, I mean, uh, anytime teams are or anytime like you're shooting two hundred three and not winning the tournament, like Jakara and Pearson Cootie have of Texas did. Um, that's clearly a pretty easy course. Also Pearson Cootie, we haven't mentioned nice 66 in the final round for a T2 helped Texas go from like six to third. Um, Texas, which is good because Texas needed something good to happen this yeah, weekend. They're, they're kind of a no sleeper, Hook kind of a sleeper team though. Like you have Cole hammer who hasn't been playing his best golf. If he can get it together, coming down the stretch, obviously Travis Vick, right? If you can get Cole hammer into the match play though, I mean, if they could get through to the match yeah. play, that's when he could really, Drop the hammer. Thanks. I'll be here all week. Yeah, there you go. I yeah. Know. Terrible. Yeah. But uh, anyways, and then obviously Logan McAllister, not as good of a tournament after a great tournament last week. So Yeah, and I mean, he still shot 211 for yeah. three rounds. It's just, it was playing tough it was this just week. Playing, playing easy. Uh, playing easy, Play, pardon yeah. me. Playing Play, easy. So yeah. you had to go low yeah. uh, in order to play. So good college tournament. Uh, again, you want to read up all about it, go to golfoklahoma.org. It's one of the lead stories there, and you can check that out. Uh, and then we also had some local guys do really well on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, guys from Oklahoma or who played their college golf in this state. Uh, Tyler, you have that pulled up, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I got you, around. Yeah, yeah. Uline, I know, was solo second and had a chance to win the tournament. Yeah, you, Uline finished solo second to uh, Roberto Diaz, who has been out there forever. So, you know, losing to a veteran, I mean, it can happen sometimes. But Uline's also been out there for a while now, too. Only lost by one, so that'll sting. But a solo second on the Corn Ferry will do very well for him. Um, local guy you probably played a lot of golf with, Max, um, or not Max, uh, Sam. Max McGreevy shot eight under on the last round. You know his dad very well, Colby. Yeah, and so 63. Yeah, Nicely done, Max. Moved up 19 spots on the last day. That's, pr- that's uh, healthy. Only, the only person to move up more than that is my other buddy, Davis Riley, who played at Alabama, played a lot of junior golf with him. He also shot eight under on the final day, too. So 
it's pretty impressive stuff on the corn fair. It really was. And then of the other local guys to make the cut on the corn fair, Kevin Doherty, an OSU guy, finished 36th. Uh, Josh, Josh Krill, member out of Oak Tree National, who's a really nice guy, finished 44th. And Grant Hirschman, OU boy, finished uh, 51st. So guys ended up making the cut, so that's good. And hopefully they can uh, keep going and progressing even forward. And even the uh, the guys who uh, from Oklahoma who did miss the cut, um, they're going to rebound sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's nice to see uh, them playing golf again because this Louisiana – uh, open is the tournament that everything shut down on. Oh, but, it is, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it really is a reflection period because, I mean, like March Madness got canceled right at the same time, and now we're getting all these tournaments that were canceled right then. Obviously, the Players' Championship is when it happened. So, you know, it's really good to look back on a, on a year past and say, oh, we're actually back at sporting events again. So so it's really good that we're able to come in and talk about, you know, like Uline finishing second or even Matt Jones winning by five shots at the Honda. Who? Yeah. So, who? Yeah. Uh, who are we talking about here? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. <laughs> Uh, nice vocals by myself there, if I can just give it up to myself. <laughs> I think there's actually just very little difference between myself and Mike Jones. I think that just, Y'all are essentially the same person. The talent levels are basically even there. Uh, and speaking of similarities between people, I don't know if y'all know this, I have bad knees. That's Brooks Kepka. The homie Brooks Kepka. Uh, I'm on Twitter yesterday. I'm just scrolling, you know, mostly looking at stuff about basketball, some stuff about the Honda yesterday. And I see Brooks Kepka on his Twitter has posted pictures of himself recovering from knee surgery. He says only one way to go from here with an up arrow. And, uh, I mean, the knee's clearly wrapped. He's on crutches. He's laying in the beds. People are, are working on him. And he confirmed to Golf Week via email that he had surgery on his right knee on March 16th. Uh, and he said, whatever my body says, I'm going to listen. Kepka told Golf Week that he was diagnosed with a right kneecap dislocation and ligament damage. I've, de- I've dislocated my right kneecap twice. It hurts like hell. I was very fortunate that I didn't have any ligament damage. When I dislocated mine, uh, Kepka's had some knee problems, and and man, it just—I who knows how he did it, but you talk about bad timing. I mean, the dude's been dealing with injuries. Just one, he's been playing well. He had found his form, and and he's rounding into just really great form headed into major season. Now he has to have surgery. It's just, it's a huge bummer, really, guys. Yeah, obviously Brooks, uh, anyone who knows me, he's my favorite player other than Tiger. So that's kind of a bummer, especially heading into the Masters. Brooks, you know, his swing is one of those that does put a lot of torque on that left leg. Um, But, you know, he the good news is, is when asked about, uh, his plans for the Masters, he said he was just going to listen to his body, so maybe this w- isn't some super serious injury. The like knee injuries that I've heard of in the past, like uh, other sports, like Russell Westbrook when he tore his meniscus. I mean, he played like two weeks later, you know, in the uh, in the playoffs, you know, and right. so or like D Wade was famous for you know those knee injuries where they go in and kind of drain it out, you know what I mean? And so hopefully this wasn't a super serious knee knee surgery, but it's still surgery, you know what I mean? So obviously not good for Brooks Kepka, and we wish him a, a fast recovery well, for and, sure. And with a dislocated kneecap, I probably know a little more about this than than most. In order to get that kneecap stabilized, you have to do either a ton of strengthening, like with your quads and just those muscles around your knee, in order to get your kneecap stable to where it won't dislocate again, because that's why mine dislocated a second time. The the muscles all got weak, and uh, it it dislocated again. Or you have to go in and and put in pins and stuff like that, and you have to do things you know, surgically to keep that kneecap in place. So hopefully this isn't something moving forward that will be a problem for Brooks, and I doubt it will. Obviously, he's going to do all the strengthening. He's going to have all the best physios and, and workout and physical therapy and all that stuff. But, uh, you, you know, Tyler, hopefully we see him sooner rather than later because 
I mean, major championship golf is fun when Brooks Kepka is in contention. Well, yeah, it seems like, I mean, he obviously won the Waste Management um, a couple months ago, but we, the joke is that Kepka only shows up for the majors. And, you know, going back to the, looking more technical swing side of it, you know, obviously we always talk about how the front knee is part, the most important because that's the one you put the most torque on. But in, you look at two different swings, right? So look at Kepka at the top of his backswing and look at DeChambeau at the top of his backswing and look at their right legs. DeChambeau's right leg is way straight, and Kepka keeps the right knee bent. And I've been a pr- big proponent. I always like to keep the back knee bent. I, it helps keep a better posture. The theory is if you straight, if you straighten it, it allows you to get more turn and uh, allows you to get a little more um, width and club head speed going through that. So, you know, if Kepka does have this right knee issue, maybe that'll change his, his technique a little bit because he has one of the more bent right knees at the top of impact or at the top of at top of his swing. So I don't know if that'll change anything um, going forward. And and also, too, you know, this is – Tiger kind of started it, obviously, with the workout. We, we say we say that all the time. But he was also the first one to start having major, really, surgeries when it comes to golf. I mean, the golfers would have the occasional wrist injury if they hit a rock or something or just from use of hitting thousands of balls. But now we're seeing – Or like our, our boy Woody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, our boy yeah, Woody, who, who yeah. slipped yeah. in the um, – had the same injury that Andre Robertson did because yeah. he slipped when he was trying to hit out of the water. So, I mean, you know, you kind of have more of those – more, you know, repeatably or freak accidents, that kind of thing. But – this is kind of the start of what I see, guys, of, you know, the workout and the emphasis on putting fitness in the golf is going to put on the players. Because, I mean, we see it. I mean, and like like you mentioned with the NBA players, you know, NBA players will be out four to six weeks or whatever with an injury. And I just think that's going to start happening a lot more in golf than, than it did in the last 10 to 15 we, years. We just had a burger withdrawal this week. Yeah, yeah, rib injury. Rib yeah. injury, and who knows how that came about. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Wolf's finally coming back. He wasn't playing with an injury for, for a little bit. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's just a shame because he was finally healthy again, and we saw it at the Waste Management. God, he was playing and, well. And then even even after that, he was playing solid golf. Was it at a uh, concession? Concession, I think? Yeah. yeah. I think concession yeah. he played pretty well. So, I mean, hopefully he gets all that figured out. And, and, like, and like Taylor's talking about, obviously the right knee, you know, it's putting a lot of torque on that. But he's also – I don't want him to come back too early and overcompensate right. because he does put a lot of torque on the left knee as well. well you see what I'm saying? It's going to be hard for him to be patient because – this is absolutely the worst time of the year that you could have this. The Masters is in two and a half weeks. There's literally a, a major every that. single month. Yes. I mean, it's just, so. you know, late March, mid to late March is the absolute worst time to suffer an injury in the game of golf. And it's just bad timing for Brooks Kepka. That's, I think, about the only way to put it. Just bad, bad timing. Yep. Um, you know who else has bad timing? Me making one and done picks. I always pick a guy who's playing good golf and can't make me any money. And this week... It was my guy Shane Lowry, who was in second place halfway through his round on Saturday behind only Aaron Wise. Looked like he had a legitimate chance to win the tournament. And he, what's, you know, whenever you backdoor and you like shoot something low on Sunday and you get way up the leaderboard, what's a reverse backdoor called? Is that a front door? That's a front door. He fr- yeah, a front he fr- door. Okay, so Shane Lowry front door to T36. That's a great term. Speaking of back doors, I mean, my guy Sung JM, little back door top eight, helped right. me out a little bit. Nice. Yeah. You, did, you did have Burger, and then when Burger withdrew, you I had uh, to, pivoted. I pivoted. I changed my DraftKings yeah. as well. Obviously, who did you have him one and done, T-Dub? I had our boy. You'd have to scroll way down the leaderboard because I, I knew it beforehand. And this is the question, guys. So, you know, we always say go with your gut, right? So, my gut on, like, Friday tells me that Westwood's going to have, like, last week when Westwood's playing good at the players, I'm saying, oh, well, if he plays the Honda, I'll pick him because he's playing good. This is before he finishes second, right? So, then it's like my gut tells me earlier on that he's doing well. 
Then later on, my gut tells me that he won't do well because I see the tweet. So then it's like, do I go with my first initial gut or do I go with my new gut instinct? So then, so then you have two <laughs> gut, gut instincts. Gut. Fi- you have two gut instincts fighting against each other. And of course, what I do, I pick the wrong one. He finishes ten over or whatever it was. Yeah, it was not, he was not ne- close ne- to making. The ne- never sniffed it, but you know, at the end of the day, as long as one of you guys don't have Matt Jones or Brandon Hagee, I wasn't going to lose too much ground. Right, so, and nobody yeah. in our big pool that we do that's got like 120 people in it. Nobody had Matt Jones. Nobody had Brandon Hagee. So nobody really gained or lost a ton of ground. Sam got 190k from Sungjae. The, the T3s got like 340, I believe, yeah, something like from, that from Henley and, and uh, Brandon Steele was a popular. Brandon Steele, yeah. Hey, we had talked about it. Uh, Ricky actually did make the cut. Yeah, oh, yeah. Make Tyler, sure, uh, make it. sure, give me credit. Yeah, y'all yep. just want to say I'm a Ricky hater. I was the only one to pick to make the cut, and I was the only one that was right. You were right, and he I was right on cut. my second part too. He'd make the cut and not finish very high. And do you have in front of you, Colby, out of it's 68 players, 60 fit T65. <sighs> A little Saturday 78 did him in. I will oh, say, though, that- uh, I don't have the audio pulled up. I, I wasn't planning on it. But Ricky was asked about Faldo's comments about him being able to shoot commercials during Masters Week. <laughs> and Ricky, you know, in tr- true Ricky fashion, handled it with class, said Faldo's the man. He, he just wants to see us all playing well. So it was a very textbook Ricky Fowler response to Faldo's comments. I thought, I thought he said it the best way he could. I mean, he's... There's not going to be any happiness in Ricky's face when he knows that he's not playing the Masters, but he was straight up honest. He said he's lucky to have business partners that are good for him, and he's done well. I mean, everything he said was truthful, and he was honest. And like you said, Colby, I think that he handled it really perfectly, in all honesty, because the only other way you handle it better is go out and play better golf. And so I think that's the next step to his plan. I hate when people hate on people for – I hate when people hate on people. How about that? Nice. But yeah. I hate when people you're, the, hate. you're a hater of the haters. <laughs> yeah. I hate when people hate on people for making money. I mean, if you have the opportunity to go shoot commercials and make cheese, like, why not do it? You know yeah. what I mean? But and obviously, Ricky needs to play some better calls. And, and, but, and, 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 and that same token, you know, if you are going to have the, the spot and have the graciousness, you know, if you're not out there performing the strokes, do what Ricky did and accept, you know, accept it. You know, he's not out there. He didn't give a bullshit answer and say, "Oh well, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just making, you know, doing all this, and I'm, you know, I'm." It, he just said, "I'm I'm searching, and I'm I'm going to get there eventually. If I'm not in the Masters this year, I'm going to yeah. be in the winner's circle sooner rather than later." So, I mean, like I said, I, I thought it was great, and you know, he he, while having those big media sponsorships, being kind of a icon per se, not necessarily just for his golf, but his image, you have to be able to take a little bit of heat from the outside. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of the responsibility you take whenever you bear on being on a commercial every other break. Which, like you said, Sam, to his testimony, is able to make money. So, right, and, but it's just the added responsibility. And I did pull it up. Let's just listen to it. It's about fifty seconds. Ricky Fowler responding to Nick Faldo's comments and not currently being in the Masters field. Yeah, no, I I know where, where Nick was trying to come from on that, and I. You know, it's like competitor to competitor. You know, you're trying to needle each other and get get each other going, type of thing. Um, I am fortunate to have some some great partners and make some some great commercials, and um, <laughs> it's been fun to be able to do that. Um, I would much rather be playing the week of the Masters than than working, um, but it, it's all part of it. Um, I'm going to keep kicking down the door if if we're able to, uh, you know, do something special in the next few weeks before Augusta. We'll be there. If not, we'll keep grinding, and we'll uh, we'll be back in the winter circle soon. Yeah, so that's Ricky Fowler, and, and that was a good response to Faldo and just kind of to all the criticisms because, I mean, he hears it. There's no way he doesn't hear it. He's gotten a lot of it uh, over the past year. His game's just not there, and when your game's not there, you've got to take it, and Ricky Fowler has taken it in stride. Uh, by the way, guys, the Diffie Ford Lincoln team, they've won the President's Award for 2020, very prestigious President's Award. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it is based on sales and service, and that is what the Diffie 
team prides themselves on. Service after the sale. The Ford and Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealers in the nation, and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So, whether you're looking for an all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try. A place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahomans for 67 years. Fellas, DraftKings this week, it was a good showing all around, and poor Sam. Sam finished fifth in DraftKings this week, and he's going to be picking last next week, because <laughs> I finished third, and Taylor won the pool. Thank you. Shane Lowry did me in, and Taylor got it done. Who was your, your big performer this week? Well, I, I had Henley, it looks like. Yeah, I had Berger in as well, and so whenever, I had Berger and Adam Scott, and with the uh, Berger withdrawal, I went from uh, Berger and Scott to M and Henley, which ended up being a nice switch. But ended up being a T8 for M and a T3 for Henley, so probably won you the the pool. Very nice. Adam Scott was up there. I mean, what, he finished, what, T8, I believe, or something yeah, like right. that? Yeah, T13. Okay. Uh, T13, Adam yeah. Scott. So, I mean, okay. that, a little, little off of those guys. But if, if Your boy Ber- Henley had a great putting week. Boy, he did. anybody else, he was positive two shots on the on, field. On, we talk about Matt Jones in that first round. And also, too, I want to – Matt Jones um, – Who? Because we talked about – Wait, wait, wait. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. The little dance Taylor just did to it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to show that on, on the podcast. But but so for Matt Don't Jones. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, oh, it would be a viral hit, I promise. Um, lost 2.75 strokes in round two putting. And so we always talk about how hard it is to rebound after you shoot a, a lights-out round. That kind of goes to it. Because he gained 3.42 T to green and just couldn't make a putt in the second round. So, But uh, what I want to say about Russell Henley. Gained 6.21 strokes putting in the first round. I hadn't seen wow. putting. I've seen people lose strokes that much putting. I hadn't seen anyone gain that much putting this year, um, at least off the top of my memory. So. Sounds like he had one of those days where everything goes in. Yeah. We've all had those days. They're few and far between. But I don't when know if it I happens, have. Oh, man, when it happens, it feels good, good, good. And another one of my DraftKings picks, obviously, I had M. And, you know, Gooch made the cut, didn't play great. I had a couple other guys that were terrible. And then, <laughs> and then Zach Johnson. But the guy I want to talk about is Steve Stricker. Oh, Steve Stricker, Strick, the captain, I mean, the captain, another top fifteen with the young guys. I mean, Dude, it's unbelievable. Hey, I, I, here's the question we have to ask: Should Steve Stricker be a captain's pick? Obviously, probably not because American golf is loaded. But Steve Stricker's playing great golf. You know this. This is my point, and you know this. There's a difference between. It's a little different because, like, obviously a lot of terms we play are, like, scrambles and stuff. But, you know, they're playing alternate shot best ball most of the time, right, right in the Ryder Cup. And so it's a little different than just playing individual golf. And Oh, it definitely is. And I think that, you know, Stricker's one of those guys where he's not going to make a lot of bogeys. He's going to be very steady. He's going to put you in play on alternate shot. He's going to make He's going to make the 10-footers when you need him. I don't see any reason why he – I mean, everybody I, I loves him. You can pair him with anybody. It's a strong argument. I mean, I'm strong. It's it's not going to happen. He doesn't have to play five rounds. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm just saying that it's not going to happen. It wouldn't be the worst. It wouldn't be the worst pick ever. Uh, There's a lot of other people that I would not. I would pick Steve Stricker over. Let's put it that. I'd rather have Steve Stricker on the team than Patrick Reed. Well, that's what I was about to say. Ooh, I I I might agree with you. Well, I don't agree golf wise. Obviously, you would want Patrick Reed, but but here's where I might agree. Here's where I might agree is the is the chemistry. Chemistry. That's what I was about to say. If you have if you polled all the guys that were uh, all other 11 guys that are on the team they might vote 
to rather have Stricker there than Patrick Reed. That's what Stricker ought to do. He ought to, he ought to put an 11 man team together and then have them all put in silent ballots. Like, and they like Survivor. And it's 11, <laughs> so it's an odd number. Yes. So it'll definitely hit. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have a video camera there and they'll go write their vote down and they'll hold it up to Strick. the camera and yeah. say, Sorry, I like my man Steve. And then somebody, there'll be like one guy who votes for Patrick and he'll be like, eh, I think he's just misunderstood. <laughs> This is a brilliant idea. That, be, that, I think that's the best way to handle the, Tele- the writer. Televised on Golf Channel? Yeah, I do. That would be electric. It would be one of the most viewed things of all time. That would oh, be so awesome. It would lead SportsCenter that night. What, uh, In the middle of October when the NFL season is going would, on. Would Patrick Reed just go up to Whistling Straits and wait for the vote? Then if he didn't make it, he'd just go home? Or would he be an assistant captain? Well... Because then that would be the exact same thing if he's if he's there. Why, then it would be even worse because he's not playing. He's, gonna, he's just going to complain to everyone. Uh, maybe he could scalp some tickets. I, I is is no he going to be on the Zoom call hey, Tuesday if, afternoon? He'll fly pe- up on Wednesday? If, the, if they gave him tickets, he, he might not be anywhere close to, like, the course. Because last time he got free tickets, I mean, he complained about that. Yeah, he's not giving them to his family, game. you know, right. unfortunately. Yeah, so. nothing to do with those tickets. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. By the way, if you want to hear more about Steve Stricker and his Ryder Cup captaincy, why don't you go listen to our interview with Scott Verplank last week. Scott Verplank and Steve Stricker, I promise, if you listen They're to that boys. interview, these guys are good friends. Uh, so go listen to that interview with Scott Verplank. He'll break down Steve Stricker, his captaincy, and his dogs. And we all love dogs. So uh, good stuff, fellas. We got the match play this week. TG's in the field. Your boy Antoine Rosner yes, that's played with UMKC is in the field. The groups are just coming out. Tomorrow morning, we're going to get together, record a preview. Uh, it's going to start just a little after, I believe, 10 o'clock our time on Wednesday. So we will uh, try to get that preview you out for you by 11 o'clock or noon tomorrow so that you'll have a good amount of time what, what? to listen and to that. have we have we figured out what we're going to do as far as are we going to pick guys before while they're doing the FIFA oh. type thing so, you know? we'll, well, so we'll still do our one and done picks well one thing too I was going to mention is I don't think we have DraftKings this week if we do it's going to be opposite field we do not have DraftKings this week so we, yeah. so, no. so so there will be no DraftKings lineup so my proposal was was that depending on how far you guys want to go down I think I mean we got 16 groups we can all pick a, a winner of the 16 group I don't yeah. think we we don't need to all pick someone different or anything no, like that. You know, just I mean, some just, of them will just rattle through fast. Yeah, like, yeah. We're just, all, just we're kind of our picks. Pick DJ to win his group. and then we can give then we'll give out our one and dones and all, yeah. all of our other stuff. You know, because like I said, we don't have DraftKings. There, there, I think there may be a DraftKings for the opposite field, how, so we can we do will that. make two one and done picks this week. Though. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. WGC exactly. And then how about this? How about we once it goes into a bracket after the groups, we just. Uh, post those on Twitter. Fill post out our brackets. brackets. We'll tweet Fill out yeah. brackets. If you're not following us on Twitter, Twitter, you need to. That's, have to. Our best content goes out and on Twitter. Yeah. And Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely. Uh, just at the 73rd hole. Go search for it. You will find us. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, so it's going to be just like a lot of your NCAA pools you, uh, people get are, are the Sweet 16 pools, right? Where the, the six, six, Sweet 16 is already set after the first two rounds. Then they do a bracket. So that's essentially what we'll be doing. Once the groups are filled out, we'll submit a bracket and I will be the winner again and y'all will be second, also, second the, and third. Y'all the, may tie second. The know. groups are a great change. I love it. You do like the groups? I, I like the groups. I I like certain things about it. I dislike certain things about it. You I, get to I see more golf. You get to see more golf. More guys probably show up than would otherwise because some guys don't want to go down there for one round if they're only guaranteed yeah. one round. So everybody gets three rounds. But it's also it's kind of fun. that I, I do miss the upsets. I do miss the Wednesday upsets when a 14 would beat a three. Or, I mean, it's golf. 16s would beat ones and stuff like that. I do kind of miss that. But the round-robin format's definitely it's probably a better way to do it. 
but I, I do kind of miss the the madness of the the six of, of having thirty two matches on that first day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think that I've this is another rabbit hole, but I've always I've always wanted more match play tournaments on the tour. I always have, and I think that you could implement something like they do at nationals, right? Where you just um, instead of teams, you just do individuals. So just have instead of having a cut, you have the top. 32 or how many ever make it to match play for the weekend, then you have a match play. Just play we, like two-round stroke play? Yeah, then, play two-round stroke play, yeah. play and then do play. that. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that would be – because like you said, Colby, if guys are only guaranteed to play – you know, if half the field's only going to play one round, and a lot of times they don't even get through 12 or 13 holes because they get their ass kicked, you right. know, lose six yeah. and five. So, and they go out and play how many ever practice rounds to play 12 holes. It's not worth it. I mean, I mean, they'll get a small, I mean, a small check. They get a check just for playing, going out there. But at the same time, it's not as much incentive to go get three rounds in. And what a lot of these guys do, I mean, we're two weeks away from Augusta, so they want to get out there and prepare for their game, not go out and play 12 holes and 12 holes, then have to fly home right afterwards. So, yeah. And how does the money work in this tournament? Because last week, I just had a little stat here. Hagee obviously finished second, you know, and uh, JB Holmes, who was in second for a lot of the tournament, he Hagee won seven hundred and sixty three thousand dollars. JB nineteen thousand with that final round. Whoa, that's oh, a, yeah, that's, a big drop. That is a big but, drop. Uh, has, but where's, has, has JB finished his final round? I thought he had to go back out this morning. <laughs> what? <up? laughs> yeah, no, they just gave him nineteen thousand to get off the damn course. <laughs> yeah, said, so, well, we'll pay you to get the hell out of here. We're tired yeah. of seeing it. By the no. way, fellas, how, how are your brackets doing? March Madness. How are your bracket? Final four left. Went really good the first two rounds and went straight to hell <laughs> yesterday. So I got Sam. my final four teams left. I, I my my uh, underdog is Colorado. I have Colorado okay. in the final four. I have, Boy, they beat the brakes off Georgetown. Yeah, in they did. They, yeah, I had Georgetown. They, That's a good pick. Hey, good pick. Nice. I hope they, they win they today. Hot. But I mean, Colorado would have to beat. You know, they just beat Georgetown. They would have to beat Florida State, Michigan, and well, now not. I don't think they're going to have to beat Michigan. I've got LSU and Colorado meeting up in the wow, Sweet 16. Wow, yeah, wow. And I've got Colorado beating LSU in the Sweet 16. And now, Texas, the and now Texas is out. But, oh, uh, so sad, by they the are, way. They are. They so are. They lost to Abilene Christian. That's, that's right. Right. The little then, brother. That's okay. right. They can look forward to football season. I mean, they've got, I mean, legitimately six to seven winnable games on their football schedule. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> be a lot no, of the hero. And then we have our my good friend, Kelvin Sampson, too. That was great. Shout out, shout out Houston. But, a uh, comeback dub against Rutgers yesterday. Oh, that was nice. Basketball. That was gritty. That was gritty. All right. I'll le- hey, one last golf thing. I'll leave you all with a little trivia question here. Oh, hit me. Uh, Matt Jones's uh, five-shot win yesterday uh, tied the biggest win at the Honda. Who were the other two guys that Ooh. he's tied with? Um, That's a tough question. I, well, I just looked it up. The tournament leader is <laughs> – well, I, 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 didn't look up, I didn't look up the stroke <laughs> not wins. Mark it's not Mark Wilson. Uh, not Mark Wilson. Um, tournament leader in win or in scoring average was Justin Leonard at 24 under. So I'll say Justin Leonard. Nope. Nope. Dang, it's playing easy that year. Uh, Rory? There, there's one guy. No, because Rory no. Tiger got close to Rory. There's, yeah. It wasn't Rory. No, not Rory. Ricky? There's one Hall of Famer and then one guy that played pretty good this week. Played pretty good this week. Uh, no, one Sung Jay. Camilo? No, Camilo won a yep. play. Camilo. Oh. Camilo, Camilo won, won it? One by five. By the way, Camilo nice. needed a three-way tie for third or better to stay on his major medical. He'll get a lot of sponsors exemptions. He got a big fat check this week. He got a top ten, so he'll get himself in. But a couple shots better would have been good for Camilo. But uh, anyway, so can, was, can, can we just give the trivia? I was going before we do that. Can we just give out like? Can the PGA Tour just give like start having like a sympathy award or sympathy exemption or something like that? I mean, for if you Camilo. lose a two year old to cancer, I mean, come yeah. on, man, how are you supposed to golf with that? I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. but go ahead, Sam, with your ne- with uh, the next. Uh, you said Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. I'm gonna. And Nicholas designed the courses. At Nicholas. Yes, Nicholas. Oh, oh how, how about, about that? that? Nicholas. What, what year was that? 
Uh, I didn't have it written down. It had to be in the 80s. 1985, maybe? I don't know. I guess 1980. Don't take that to the bank. I don't know. I just threw out a year. I thought, yeah, well, here, one sec. I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 look, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, fresh. we can talk more about Georgetown and Colorado. Hey, while you're looking it up, while you're looking it up, uh, there's this new song out. Uh, have you called, heard it? No, I haven't heard it yet. Fresh Matt remix. Matt. Matt. Oh, that's absolutely All right, Colby, you said 1980. What year do you say, Sam? 85. 77. Oh, that was my next guess. Who finished second? Another Hall of Famer. Arnold Palmer. Close. Gary Player. I don't know. Seven by Steros. Well, you you didn't even let Sam guess because you got it the second time. I'm just rattling them off. Yeah, just rattle. Yeah, Gary Player. Hey, the winner of the purse that year, Jack Nicholas, got a full 250K. What year was Camilo? Actually, pretty good for 1977. How about that? That goes to your strength of field, Cole. We had Jack Nicholas and Gary Player finishing first and second. And um, oh, how about this? Um, uh, two years in a row, Greer Jones, who's a coach, is he Greer still? Jones, is he still coaching Wichita State? No, he. Or did he, he retire? retired. He retired. Greer Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't do that to <laughs> no, Greer. No, Greer was a legend. He, he was a legend. <laughs> how, how long did he coach at Wichita State? Forty years. Oh, a long time. Years? But but uh, you know that's. The famous story that Greer Jones always says is that he that kind of ended his career. He was beating Jack Nicholas in that tournament, and Jack came back on him, and you know he never recovered from it. You oh know, wow! It, like kind of, he had some putting I'm sure, issues. I'm sure Jack and, did that to a guy or two yeah, over the years. No yeah. joke. And but just, but just Jack, like Tiger did. Jack brought Greer Jones up yesterday on the broadcast. He told that really? story. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't miss that yeah. part. Um, that's I, awesome. I saw him interviewing Jack on uh, Saturday. I didn't. I didn't catch it yesterday, but Saturday they were talking to him yeah, about it. But, so. uh, Judd Easterling is their coach now. Shout okay. out to Judd. Yeah. yeah, very nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, Greer. Yeah, Greer was he was recruited me. I'm not sure if he retired before you. I'm sure he probably recruited you when you were coming up as well. So I mean, tremendous guy. I mean, he couldn't yeah. have been more nice to me going. And then up. what, so year, was, what to, year was Camilo? Uh, 2010, I believe. 2010. Uh, yep, 2010. Yep, five shots over Oklahoma guy. Oh, I, I looked at it. And think, yeah. AK. AK. Yeah. The missing wonder. The missing link. The missing piece of the puzzle. That's yeah. all. It's everything in Oklahoma is falling into place. We got TG coming out playing good. All these great Oklahoma schools. We're missing just one piece, and that is Anthony Kim. I missed the belt buckle. Anthony <laughs> Kim owns the collective downtown. Go have a drink. Yeah, let's go get some grub. Let's go get some grub. Sponsor us. Get a little beverage. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe AK will be down there and he can tell us some good golf stories. Yeah, so. we'll be down there. Uh, can he we, probably can doesn't we, have very can many. Can we speak of them. with the owner, please? Can yeah. we speak with the owner? Hey, can, you, can you tell us about that one time you made 17 birdies at Augusta or whatever it was? Yeah. Not it was 17 it, sounds right. It was 11, but 7 sounds 17 better. sounds better. Uh, fellas, good golf. We've got more good golf this week. Match play show coming up tomorrow. Go listen to our interview with Scott Verplank a week ago and go to golfoklahoma.org. All the best golf coverage in the state of Oklahoma. Good stuff. Appreciate it everyone being with us and listening once again to the 73rd hole. Matt.